Vanuit de hoofdstad van Limburg is dit RTV Maastricht. Met nu... Welcome to Student Radio Maastricht, uh, here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. Uh, this was Duurt uh, de Lang from Davina Michelle. I'm Katinka, your host for today. With me in the studio is Sachit, my co-host. Hello. Hey, Lena. Hey. And Lotte. Hello, hello. Back after a while. It's been a while since Lotte's been on the radio with us, but uh, we're very happy that you're back today. Um, yeah, we're talking talking about mental health uh, and COVID. What has it been like? What do students expect from this term? Uh, Lotte, you're a, you're a psychologist now. You started mm-hmm. here on the radio as a student, but... Uh, yeah, now you're a psychologist, so there's probably a lot that you can tell us about uh, about that. And Sajid and Elena, you guys are both studying. So, um, We're yeah. trying. Mm. Yeah, trying. Yes. <laughs> trying your best. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the song that we mm. just listened to was a Dutch song, Duur te lang, which means it, um, yeah, it's taking too long. And that's also the feeling that I have, kind of, with the whole COVID situation. Sajid, what do you think? You think the virus is taking too long? Everything mm-hmm. is just taking too long. It's taking too much time of our time. Yeah, I think so. I uh, think at this point we have to accept that this is, you know, it's one of those phases in history that people will write, read about in history books 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. And it's an irreversible turning point. Society will never look the same again. Pum, 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 pum. Wow. Yeah, what do you think, Lotte? 
Um, yeah, I read about this. Like, why are we struggling with this so hard? And that's because we, as humans, we we really hate uncertainty. And so the uncertainty of like knowing how long it's gonna take if we yeah. get a second wave, if we have to go in lockdown again, this all puts stress on us, you know? Yes, for sure. And if stress turns chronic, then <laughs> that's that's what I wor I'm worried about. Yeah, 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 that's not good. Yeah, so I think that's uh, kind of... Yeah. I think, yeah, I think Lot is completely right about that. And I think that's why people who usually have, I wouldn't say secure, but let's say, you know, predictable and nice or largely predictable lives are also feeling the burn now because yes. usually it's only freelancers people in between jobs uh, who feel this kind of stress but now everyone's feeling that kind of stress mm -hmm. and there's a knock-on effect because you know usually you look if you're in this kind of uncertain position you look around you and you say everyone else is doing fine but now nobody's doing fine mm -hmm. yeah exactly helena you uh, you started your studies just now two weeks ago i did um how do you feel about this because the the COVID situation has been going on for like half a year now, which yeah. is also, you know, the months that you're going towards your studies. Yeah. So how does it feel to, it's it's different than normally, right? Yeah, it's definitely different because, uh, well, a lot of people I, I have only met online, you know, through Zoom. And then uh, when you finally meet them, then it's, it's, it's nice to finally meet them, but uh, it, the interactions are different, you know, like you, already kind of get to know each other just through through the internet and then yeah one day there's actually a person behind the screen you know and that's kind of like different than the way that I, I was used to you know meeting new people but for me it's been it's been reasonably okay like I've socialized I'm socializing still I will continue to socialize <laughs> that's what I do but um, please do it's important socializing yeah but still um, yeah I think it's it's definitely taking a toll on, on everyone. Also because, for example, if you want to meet up and uh, with a bigger group of people, where do you go, you know? What do you do together? You, you don't have almost any options, you know, apart from, I don't know, going to the park or something. So yeah. that can be a little bit more more difficult, you know? But yeah, I don't know. It's also uh, hard to see when, when you meet someone, you don't know where their corona boundary is. Mm. That's also something, right. you know, like uh, some people are just more relaxed. They don't care so much, but I also don't want to step over people who are maybe more worried, you know, like everything is reasonable. So yeah, I don't know. And especially at university, because uh, you meet a lot of new people and everybody's from different countries. And COVID has hit different countries in different ways. Yeah. Uh, even within the Netherlands, I'm noticing that with a family of mine that is from from The Hague or from Amsterdam, that there, like a few weeks ago, they were like, "Oh man, it's not that big of a thing," you know, because it had hadn't been there yet. Now, everything's going crazy there in Maastricht. I think it's a bit, we're a bit doing better, if you yeah. can say that. Um, you know, if you're talking about the amount of infections and stuff, but you really see that it's it's something that you don't know if you don't see it. Is that, mm. Lotte, is that kind of how I can say it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the uncertainty, I think. Yeah, for, and, and also like the rules keep uh, keep changing. Yeah, you almost have to have this one and a half meter conversation with every person you meet again. Like, uh, yeah, what you said, like uh, people have different boundaries, Yeah. Uh, but the rule is still in place. So we, yeah. we do have to respect it still, but I also noticed that I am more lenient now yeah. uh, with friends. Yeah, and that's also what I want to get into later on is like the physical touching. <laughs> like it's, uh, we are wired to need uh, physical intimacy, but also just uh, 
having people close. Uh, of course, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and having a long time of a, a lack of that is 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 ha has have uh, do, it does have effects on us. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll go into that a bit later in the show yeah. as well. Um, what I wanted to know from you, Lot, is um, what has it been like? Because you graduated last mm. year uh, in in the lockdown. Yeah, uh, and you started working as a psychologist also mm. in that same period. Um, yeah, how how has that been? Is that any yeah, different maybe than you expected? That's weird. Yeah, I think the same kind of as for new students that are 18 and are starting a study. Uh, for me, it's like the opposite that uh, I also enter a new phase in life uh, without real like without a nice celebration or without like I I don't know anything if if there's gonna be a ceremony for my graduation or. Mm. Uh, so I'm like leaving the student life a bit in a weird place. Also, I don't know if it's gonna be easy for me to get a job. I'm still searching at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's all uncertain, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, and I had to do my internship uh, digitally, which is, uh, yeah, strange as, as a psychologist to see patients uh, for the first was. time, but also see patients for the first time digitally. It's yeah. a whole nother uh, set of skills you need for that, so <laughs> yeah. Mm. We'll see. All right, interesting. Um, we're gonna go into a song, and after that, talk some bit more about bit more about that. Uh, you know, the experiences this year, Helena, especially from you. I'm very curious what expectations you have and what it's like in uni. Um, so we're gonna talk about that after the song, which is "I'm New Here" from Jill Scott Heron. So we're gonna enjoy that first. I did not become someone different that I did not want to be. But I'm new here. Will you show me around? No matter how far wrong you've gone, you can always turn around. Met a woman in a bar Told I was hard to get to know And about impossible to forget Said I had an ego on me <laughs> Size of Texas Well, I'm new here And I forget Does that mean big or small? No matter how far wrong you've gone You can always turn around And I'm sitting in places like a snake It may be crazy But I'm the closest thing I have Voice reason. Turn around, turn around, turn around. You may come full circle and be new here again. Turn around, turn around, turn around. 
Welcome back. Uh, I'm Sachit speaking on Student Radio Maastricht 107.5 FM RTV Maastricht and the song you just heard was I'm New Here by Jill Scott Heron. Gil. Gil. Thank you, <laughs> Helena. And apart from Helena, I also have Katinka and Lotta with me in the studio and we are discussing mental health. Yes. Ooh, scary topic. So, um Quick question, what are your COVID boundaries, people? Because in our last segment, Helena coined this very interesting term, COVID boundary, I love it. Mm-hmm. So where are, where are your COVID boundaries right now? Um, so I awkwardly uh, meet someone that I maybe haven't seen in a while, and then we kind of are like, um, do we do the elbow or do yeah. we do the hug? And then usually I kind of wait till that person figures it out. Figures it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then if that's a hug, then right now, I know it's very bad, but I kind of accept the hug. Okay, okay. Love the hug. I think, okay. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it's really hard to refuse a hug, you know, Mm. when someone comes to you so open and uh, ready to to hug you, you know, you're just like, okay, I'll go with it, you know, but I, I sometimes I also think about it, you know, or like when you're out with your friends, you know, maybe yeah these are only friends though for me it's only uh, long-term friends like i won't do this on the first meeting i used to do that as a student all the time of course but now it's it's only long-term friends and uh, if they're not like coughing in my face then (laughs) all good and what about you katinka yeah i do have my boundaries there um like lotta said with my friend but not even with long-term friends i do i did start giving hugs Again, but it really depends on who the person is. Like there are some people that I know what they do um, as well. That for me is very mm-hmm. important. Like where do you go and what are your boundaries? If they're kind of like mine, you know, be careful. Uh, and only with people that I know, then I would give give them a hug. Uh, with my family, not even with everybody. It really depends on them because not everybody in my family is comfortable with it yet. Yeah. And my grandparents, I don't come near them, so we right. keep we keep it like two meter distance. My grandpa's ninety years old, so mm. um, I do keep distance with them, and we only see them outside in their garden. Makes sense. Um, and with everybody, you know, I work I work with students. I'm a student life coach, so you know, the, my my students that I coach or that I see for the study buddies, uh, that's all elbowing. Yeah. Because mm. I do feel that we need something some acknowledgement of, you know, I love you, I'm here for your support. Um, But then these are also new people for me. A lot of them live in student houses with people that I don't know. So that for me is a very strict line where I do sit on a table with them, talk to them and give them an elbow. But, you know, hand sanitizer is there and um, Mm. it's a big room. So, yeah, that's kind of my... uh, 
my restrictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel I, very uh, irresponsible right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Maastricht. Sorry, Maastricht. <laughs> I think um, I think I tend to find fall in line with Katinka because I just I see a lot of people every week being involved with student radio, being involved with my uh, school's ambassador count program, council program. I, I end up seeing a lot of people every week and usually it's elbows which uh, crushes my heart but I still do it mm. <laughs> because of the same reasons as Katinka said really that I don't know these people I don't know what boundaries they keep I have a few friends who you know are as Helena would call them huggers and mm -hmm. uh, I know them for a while and they know the risks they're taking I know the risks so then we hug and it's fine it's a relief to be honest mm -hmm. but uh, most of the times I offer an elbow or a hand and then the other person offers a hand or an elbow and then I either shake their elbow or they elbow my hand. <laughs> so uh, nice. that's working well. <laughs> it's awkward but that's you know I'm, I've gotten very clear with that uh, with something like the study budget where somebody walks in and you feel the awkwardness like mm. we all want to give hugs but yes. you don't or and it's a lot of people are like what you guys say if, if I'm being offered a hug I will take it. Um, so for me, I'm just like, hey, how are you? Let's mm. elbow. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, so the awkwardness yeah. is off the table, um, mm. you know. Yeah, you immediately assume the duck pose and offer your elbow. Yeah, mm. exactly. 2020 hey. social practices. Look at my elbow. Sounds One great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Helena, how, yeah. Is this, how has everything been for you starting a new study? Is that, is that why you're giving a lot of hugs? Because it's a necessary part of starting yeah. uh, knowing new people. Yeah, I feel like everyone in my study is just very excited because we've been talking uh, throughout the summer and just really looking forward to starting because everybody was just home. Nothing is happening oh, any yeah. anywhere. So everybody was just like, oh my God, the next big thing that's going to happen is just starting to study, you right. know? And we yeah. were already... Yeah, having a little group chat and you know, yeah. like so we were really eager to meet. So I think when we finally met everybody wanted to to hug mostly, yeah. you know. So I think I think it's reasonable. I also was was <laughs> excited to finally Meet yeah. the bodies attached to the Zoom faces you've yeah, seen. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's super great. Uh but yeah, I have to say in my I mean, obviously, we try to, to remind ourselves to, to be responsible. You yeah. know, the pandemic isn't over just yeah. because you're over it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I got it from Instagram. <laughs> it's not my not not my my thing. But anyway, um, it's OK. You were the curator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, basically, um, yeah, I don't know. We try to remind ourselves and, you know, we we talk about it. I, I had some conversations with some global studies people and been like, oh, should we then all take initiative and all decide together to wear the mask or something like that? Because it's kind of right. like when one person of the group is not doing it or like oh, only one person comes with the mask, then it's like, oh, okay, maybe I'll take it off because I feel mm. weird being the only one with a mask, you know, then what, I'm paranoid or something. Yeah. But yes, if we all agree on it, then maybe this could be something. We we talked about it, but it didn't really, we're not we're not really using the masks yet, but yeah. we are I trying to be careful. That's very important what you say, Helena. It's everybody has different boundaries and different boundaries in different places with different people, yes. you know? And I think it's very important that we respect the boundaries that you know the person that puts the bar the highest that Absolutely. we just stick to that yeah so if there's just one person in your group that wants to wear a face mask fine be supportive and everybody wears a face mask yeah if everybody's like i don't really know and then you know it's also fine um but i think that's very important and it's also not that frowned upon anymore but i do feel especially among students that again this is the new smoking in a way right <laughs> it's like 
What is, is the new smoking? Uh, not the, wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, it's like if if are we going to be cool and not wear a mask, or should we? You know, it's it's kind of that same feeling. Yeah, Lotte, I see you nodding. As a psychologist, maybe you can give us <laughs> some insights on that. Yeah, I find I find this really. Yeah, it's. I mean, the rule is still there, right? One and a half meter. So it's yeah. very clear, which I think. Um, but yeah, for some reason, we find this really hard. And I think, um, yeah, looking back on my time when I started studying, I really like, especially like being 18 year old, you're just set free from high school. I didn't have a good high school experience, didn't feel like I found the people that had shared interests. And then suddenly I start anew. I can find people that align more with me. Uh, uh, it's so important to be social and so yeah. important to feel like you belong. Absolutely. And yeah. I worry a bit for the people that were kind of like me, a bit shy, a bit reserved out of uh, high school and that are not, because at that point people really pushed me into this so being social and uh, like we went out all the time and now everything has more boundaries everything is more difficult more restrictions uh, so for those like little um i don't know wildflowers i really i really hope that they find a way to still have this experience of like blossoming in their you know new student yeah. life situation so yeah I am. I think we should be re still very strict. Also in this radio show, we should not promote <laughs> that people don't wear masks or don't uh, or like hug uh, strangers or whatever. But I also feel like um, be creative in the boundaries. Um, meet up in the park. Uh, there's a lot. Go, there's yeah. a lot that can still be done while yeah. respecting all the rules and even even the highest set of you know boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, it just takes more effort to do all of them because yeah. you know just just imagine that you know you want to have a drink together. Now you have to you know plan. You have to make a reservation potentially, and you have to ask everyone if they're not if they're sick or they're not sick. You have to choose one of the places which is still open because a bunch of places have closed. Some mm -hmm. places have stricter timings, but. I think it's worth it, especially as you said a lot of uh, for the new students, because uh, at least in my faculty, there there have been almost no major you know bonding events for the new students. There's just been the introduction day where the necessary information was communicated, but that's that's about it, and that's not enough. You know, people need to people need to spend time around each other. Mm. But oh well, um, that's all about expectations and we will be listening next to Expectations by Three Days Grace. And if that's not a smooth transition, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Fell asleep, left the ticket on the nightstand He stayed awake to 
see the ball drop, turn it way down, she never woke up. Grab the keys to her car in the back lot, threw a shot of Jack back, left with the jackpot. Expectations from Three Days Grace. You're listening to Student Radio Maastricht here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I am Katinka, uh, one of the hosts today. The other one is Sachit. Hello. And we're here with uh, Helena, hey. a freshly new student, and Lotte, Hi. a psychologist. Uh, yeah, and I'm also here as a student life coach. As a student guess, life coach. Yeah. So Katinka, as a student life coach, what has your experience been with the new students? Uh, it has been very interesting. Uh, I've interesting. noticed that, yeah, very interesting. Um, so it, it's it's been a long development, right? Lockdown started, that's when I lost a lot of my work, you know, all the workshops that I give to students, but also a lot of students that were gonna start coaching and yeah. then decided not to because I don't have stress anymore because there's no school. I don't have a fear of missing out anymore because there's no parties. I'm so mm. envious of the students who had less stress when the lockdown began. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because well, I had like three times as much stress. I mean, that's what that's what they thought, right? That's the oh, first the initial thought. Like, I was gonna go to a coach because I have this fear of missing out, and now there's no party, so there's no problem. Yeah, it's also kind of short-term thinking, which is fine. Um, mm. So summer has passed now, and the new academic year started, and I have more students now than I usually have at the beginning of the year, um, because a lot of them in the past, especially I think the last six weeks before this academic year started, is only when we started noticing, okay, universities are gonna open up, but a lot of it is gonna be online. Uh, with the income, there's not gonna be any parties. You can join like your sororities or whatever, yeah. but a lot of things are not allowed, and that's when, when things get real. You yes, know? yeah. Um, and yeah, they're coming to me more and more for support, not just to students, it's also organizations around it, like the right. student hotel, uh, like the masters, you know, um, organizations that have students 
that work with students that are now also looking for some extra support right. um, with their mental health, which I, th which I think is really good uh, because, yeah, we need it. Students need it. It's it's so different. It sounds like nobody knows what to do, so they're just turning to you as a, as a, as a custom solution. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's really good uh, because as a coach, a lot of, and you're a psychologist, so I feel that I'm kind of there before you. If somebody mm -hmm. starts being stressed out, they can come to a coach and see if we can figure it out so that maybe, um, you know, if there's no traumas or anything going yes, on, yeah. um, that they don't have to go, that it doesn't have to get to that point where you have to see a psychologist. Uh, and that is something that I see these organizations trying to do now as well. Let's find support now before uh, things mentally really go wrong with the yeah. students. And that makes me really happy because now COVID put a loop on this mental health. Um, but it has been a problem for years, right? Students stressing out and uh, the curriculum being too much and yeah. not being enough support. So I think it's wonderful that finally people want to take these steps. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I, I guess that's because, um, as Lothar said earlier, um, there's an additional layer of stress and uncertainty that's added onto everything. And yeah. what you described was uh, what one would call a, n a normal level of stress. That's uh, that's a kind of stress that anybody would face at some point in their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something, yeah, some people might need a support infrastructure for that, some people might not. But my um, completely unscientific guess would be that more people would reach out at this time because the, the general load, the, the mental load is more. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, yeah. Well, yeah, how is that in your line of work, Lotte? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, while I was doing my internship, um, I noticed that a lot of the patients that I was seeing were also, were actually, um, they're kind of used to social isolating themselves. So yeah. I work with in the specialized uh, psychiatry kind of, so the specialized um, mental health. Uh, and um, I noticed actually that some people were um, kind of, uh, not so bothered, um, short term, <laughs> but long term, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's getting uh, worse for people with uh, severe mental health disorders. Um, um, yeah, because they are not, um, yeah, they, they're not faced with their problems, but yeah. then there's also no improvement. Uh, the treatment's going slower. Um, of course, it's good that we can connect still with our patients uh, digitally, but uh, some things like exposure in uh, anxiety uh, or uh, uh, like activation when people are depressed, usually you just also give them a lot of uh, uh, homework kind of yeah. to go yeah. get out of the world, in the world and uh, start doing uh, stuff. That's all a bit more difficult right now. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it's only gonna, yeah, it's kind of the tipping point where uh, it can actually only get worse. Yeah, it's gonna take a while before you can yeah. go back to those types of treatments. Yeah. Yeah, Helena. Oh, I wanted to also mention something that I just thought about. Uh, it's just um, that, well, I just didn't just think about it now. I thought about it before, but it came to mind now. <laughs> um, but for example, I think it must be also really hard for people who are like autistic, for example, mm -hmm. and to go outside and then everybody's wearing a mask and they can't really read uh, what their face is saying or Well, people like with that. autism are no, yeah, they can, generally struggle with that. I guess it gets even worse. I'm not a psychologist. You're, you're the one. But yeah. I guess it gets even worse, you know, or like also yeah. for like deaf people. I have a cousin I who think, is uh, yeah, deaf. I think uncertainty, for instance, that's in yeah. uh, patients with a psychiatric disorder yeah. can be really tough. Yeah. And, and can you imagine for people with hypochondria, like... Uh, mm. yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Oh, and then yeah. measurements are keep changing and how do we wash our hands now? You yeah. know, oh, like yeah. this is terrible. And do yeah. people, I mean, you don't want to touch elbows. No. You, you <laughs> yeah. problem like that. Better stay at home. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's a lot of structure that also, mm. um, yeah, just disappeared and the whole mm. society that changes. And if you're talking about, you know, Helena, like you say, people with autism or different types of um, challenges in, in those social areas, like all the social rules changed. Yeah. And mm. there's people that have been doing their best to learn these social yeah, the things, you know, rules. these invisible rules, yeah. and now <laughs> we just decided to change them all one day. Yeah. Um, oh, we're going to go into a, a, another song, and then lots of, I love all your input, so we're going to talk a bit more about what you've been experiencing as a psychologist, and also mm. this meter and a half distance, and how that, um, how that influences us. So the next song is On My Mind from uh, let me have a peek, Diplo and side piece. And after that, we're gonna, yeah, see what's on your mind, Latte, mm-hmm. about all this. Mm-hmm.
that was um, On My Mind by Diplo and Side Peace. And you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5. I'm uh, Sachit speaking with Lotta, Katinka Hi. and Elena about mental health today. Yes. And uh, picking up from where we left it off, uh, we'd like to ask Lotta a little bit about her perspective as, well, a psychologist on uh, how the COVID regulations and the global pandemic has affected um our relationship with touch yes yeah yeah i was thinking like what is an interesting topic to talk about uh, today uh, and then i was thinking okay what is the hardest thing right now for me with these restrictions and as we talked about it it is uh hugging my hugging. friends yeah for sure and having this awkward moment do i hug do i not hug so i wanted to kind of dive into the uh, yeah like the why is it so important for us to touch each other? Yes. And um, so that's why I, now I dived kind of into the uh, science uh, behind this. And um, um, I think some of the, if there if there's a young, stu- like a psychology student listening, then you might have heard about this experiment. But I want to uh, uh, give an example of how important physical touch is um, in the development, uh, in, in our development, our social development. And uh, uh, Harlow, uh, Har- Harry Harlow, uh, did an experiment um, on monkeys uh, when that was still possible. Oh, it's this a, is one of those creepy experiments. It's a creepy experiment. Oh, no. <laughs> Something from back so, in the day. Back in the day. Back when, when things uh, were allowed. Yeah, mm. so he, um, he took away uh, baby monkeys from their mothers mm. and he put them in isolation in a cage and there were surrogate moms um, some had uh, hard uh, steel wire uh, and a feeding um, like bottle with milk so they could provide food but they were cold and and they didn't react they didn't respond and then there was also a surrogate mom they are bo- both fake by the way and it was uh, it had a nice cover of like soft warmness yep. but no feeding so mm-hmm. only warm fuzzy um, a, yeah, thing around it, and um, but both of them didn't interact with the monkey, so they were just fake, uh, just food. hanging there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then they they wanted to check because obviously uh, food is our most uh, important need, basic yeah. need, and then other, now above that in the pyramid is then uh, social interaction and stuff like that, uh, and they found that the monkeys, um, yeah, wanted to go to the fuzzy warm. Yeah. Uh, mom and they they would grab onto it with for dear life uh, and they would only go to the um yeah the surrogate mom with wires the cold one mm-hmm. um when they needed something to to eat but then they yeah. would immediately go back and um so this is this shows how even our very basic need of food is not as important as uh as this warm fuzzy feeling like, of touch feeling of touch yeah, yeah. And why is that? Um, That's because uh, touch, uh, when we touch someone, when we are being touched, we um, we uh, get this hormone, the hug hormone, oxytocin. uh, And um, and this gives us this triggers our reward system. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when you see your friend, um, you you get rewarded when you get a hug, you you feel in touch with with that person. Uh, So um, if we don't do this for a long amount of time, we don't get this reward. Right, and this uh, this makes us feel like we are not in touch. We are, uh, and also it actually triggers our stress. Uh, um, so it, isolation also triggers our our stress system. So it's actually even also the reverse effect. So, so, so 
if so, I understood that right, sorry, yeah. Katinka, mm-hmm. um, a lack of touch triggers a stress response. Yeah, yeah, because we are social creatures. Our our brain uh, has developed around um, our social interactions. Um, when we were in evolution time, of when our brain was developing in evolution, it actually increased in size because of the more complex society that was evolving. So it's so important, or when this played a part, of course, also other things, uh, but this was an important part in in the development of our brain. So if we are um, restricted in our or if we are isolated, this has detrimental effects right. yeah. on our on our development and our yeah yeah. And I uh, thank you a lot. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to add on a little bit on that because it also, if you look at your physical health, mm-hmm. um, if if you don't have contact with other people, you know, if you're socially isolated, you, also like your immune system goes down. We actually mm-hmm. get sick from that, which is also not something you might want to have in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also because I've studied social work a little while ago. Yeah. And, and there we also, it's one of the few lectures that I remember because it was so interesting and it was about the same thing. So what you say the, with the monkeys and there's also, I, I'm not sure it might have been in Russia, but they've also done an experiment like that with uh, babies, just human babies, where they would uh, feed them but not touch them, oh, and then yeah. some they would not feed, but they would give them love. Right, I remember this epi- uh, this experiment as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then the baby said uh, would get food but wouldn't get love. They would just die. Yeah, uh, the it's ones terrible, that yeah. um, would get love but no food. I mean, eventually they would probably also die, but they would be able to stick along, you know. Yeah, and their behavior was very disrupted, right? Yeah. And beyond repair. Yeah, Yeah, that's always with these experiments. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's interesting, but I'm also always like, "Mm, might have been good at at some point we got some rules and laws around this. Uh, But it's very interesting. Um, We're going to go into another song and then uh, we're going to wrap it up with a summary and our last notes from our personal experiences. Mm. Um, This song is Right About Now from Bowling for Soup. Bowling for what? Bowling for soup.
that was right about now by Bowling for Soup. Um, and we're back on RTV Maastricht 107.5. And um, we are here again with Lotta Katinka and Elena, having recently spoken about dead babies. Um, Lotta, our resident psychologist, is feeling a little guilty and would like to offer a change of tone. <laughs> and so. love to make us happy again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, because I thought like, yeah, we. I also ha- should come with a solution, right? Um, the solution I cannot give is that you should start hugging everyone because I think we have to respect the rules so the one and a half meter rule exists and we have to just accept it but i have a few suggestions uh, that you could do if you really feel like i need some intimacy in my life yeah um so what i have found also a little bit uh, in papers and stuff like that is that um it is also so also uh, dopamine and oxytocin is also um secreted if you also give a compliment to someone or if you receive a compliment so whenever you are um, calling a friend uh, from the distance right now or zooming uh, make sure that you use a lot of words of affirmation even more than you're maybe used to so yeah and for instance like this is a suggestion end your uh, call with like like naming the things that you're like you're um, grateful about like for instance that this person was there and wanted to talk to you and that is such a good friend and right. that is, this is all helping with this feeling of fuzzy warmness that yeah. that maybe you're lacking but from the phys- like lack of physical touch but yeah. it can also replace it a little bit yeah uh, so really just uh, spread the love even more <laughs> I think yeah. I think and, uh, affirmations are just very important yes. on zoom calls anyway because has yeah. anybody ever been on a zoom call has it ever been a pleasant experience yeah <laughs> exactly and it doesn't matter if you um, if you like exaggerate because even and even if you would lie it would still help like receiving even like um, compliments that people don't really necessarily mean by heart it's, mm-hmm. it always gives you a good feeling yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Fake it before you make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, something I want to say is, so we don't receive this reward from uh, hugging. So I want to say that don't su- look for rewards in like alcohol or drug use because this also triggers our reward system. And uh, in the research that I've done, I found that a lot of people that come out of a quarantine uh, search for rewards in other ways, yes. like uh, substance abuse. Uh, and uh, so I would say uh, stay away from that. <laughs> Call can, people. Can we say uh, go do do a workout maybe? Workouts, yeah. That's yes. also endorphins. is also a really good replacement for oxytocin for sure. Um, and cuddle your pets. Cuddle animals. <laughs> you know, you don't have to uh, have this distance uh, uh, from animals. And right. you will also get the oxytocin. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, cuddle pets. Quick oh, shout out to the core team workout group, which uh, has uh, happened in SRM and it's been extremely okay. active for six months. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been. And it also it made me feel good during the quarantine. You know, we all know that after a workout, you feel better. You mm. just drag, you know, the way yeah. there. Um, but it's really good because this is something that you can also do with somebody near you that is suffering together with you. Yes. Mm. And then afterwards, you still have that... Um, I don't know, the social contact stays, right? Because yep. such it, we've been WhatsApping each other after a workout the next day where we wouldn't see each you other. Have? It's like, oh, oh yes. wow. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, oh, my legs are so sore. Yeah. yeah, mine too. My shoulders hurt, mine too. And that, in a way, makes you feel good as well, right? Yeah, you have a companion, you have some exactly. team, teamwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing so. like the, you know, bonding of collective suffering. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. Like complain is also like, uh, I mean, complain in a struct- like in a constructive way, I think. Yes. Yes. Like don't, 
go all uh, pessimistic, yeah. but share your feelings with each other. Yeah, yeah. That, ah, that is actually important. very true. I do that with my best friend a lot. Uh, mm. she, she with me as well. She called me the other day. She's like, hey, do you have five minutes? Make sure. Yeah, I just have to complain about work. I'm like, okay, <laughs> go. And she complained about work for yeah. five minutes. And she's like, okay, good. Thank you. That was my break. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just Great. get it out of your system. Yeah. Uh, so and important. then it doesn't, it's not that heavy anymore because I think mm. things have been so heavy for everybody and still um, everything, you know, Helena, you're having new university experiences yeah. and some are good and some are just weird mm-hmm. and sometimes you just don't know what yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. So it's really good to keep talking to people about that, that share these experiences as well. And Absolutely. If, if they don't know what you're talking about, at least you've been able to throw it out there mm-hmm. uh, and get it out of your system in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. So a quick summary, keep your close friends close, keep your pets even closer and complain to your f- close friends and compliment them, even if you don't mean it. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> even if you do mean it. <laughs> I mean, they're your friends. You should, you should have something nice to you say should, about You them. should mean your compliments <laughs> to your friends. I think you should. Yeah. All right. Thank you lots of for all your uh, insights and wonderful no tips problem. and tricks. Um, we're going to go shortly into a cultural agenda. Such it. what do you have for us? Well, uh, SRM has a meeting on Sunday, uh, so if any of our listeners wants to g- want to get involved in any manner, please feel free to send us an email, and we will uh, we will be very excited to see you on Sunday. We might have some events in store. I can't say more on live radio, but find out on Secrets. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you can uh, send an, a message to our Facebook or our Instagram, and then Helena will talk to you. Yep, mm-hmm. and then we'll tell you what's up. Um, yeah, and then there's the study budgets, which is something that I'm organizing every Monday now at the Master Services and Care in Week, which is a moment where you, as students you can just come, get maybe some support from me as a coach if you need that, or talk to other students like Helena, you were there last week. Yes, um, I plan on being there on Monday as yes, well. Yes, so you can meet Helena as well. Yay! Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, in the next few weeks there will also be more um, organizations around there that are involved with students so if you're looking for housing or support with Jurtuslag or Zorgtuslag or all the things it's also a place to just come and um, yeah have a chat meet people on a safe distance and there is hand sanitizer but be around and to refresh your memory of what the masters is all about we had a community episode in August so you might want to dial into that yes listen to that on our SoundCloud Thank you, Sachit. Um, That was it for this show. We're going to have another hour, which is uh, Helena's hour, and Salome will be here with us. Uh, And um, yeah, you guys are going to look more into mental health as a broader, from a broader perspective, right? We will be breaking some mental health taboos, and we will talk about our personal experience and just show you that everyone is the same. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. All right. It's a big boat. Big yeah. boat, yeah. yeah We're all in it together. <laughs> so I'm very excited for that episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this hour. Uh, thank you, RTV Mastered and Code 043 for all the support. And this last song is Sing It With Me from JP Cooper and Astrid. So come, guys, sing it with me. Yeah. Last song. Maybe you could call me. Call me, won't you? Tell me that you want me. And maybe. Sing it with me
Hello, hello, hello. This is uh, Student Radio Maastricht. We are here in the studio. Uh, I'm Elena. Um, I'm here with Salome, hey. Lotte, and Hi. Katinka. Hello. We are going to continue our mental health uh, episode. Let's say it's a, se- a second hour of uh, our mental health week, let's say. Which, by the way, I discovered that uh, September is uh, Suicide Prevention Month. So this is, yes. comes really at the right time to, to make this episode. Um, and before we were talking more about uh, mental health and uh, COVID-19, how has uh, Corona and the quarantine mm. affected all of us in our student life, our regular life, our, our friendships and what is missing from there. But now we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, mental health, but in a broader sense. So we're going to try to break some mental health taboos and we're going to talk about our own experience um, because mental illness is more common than than what you might think. You know, it's not it's not a personal failure like our beautiful image, uh, Instagram image. Uh, said uh, our Instagram image was made by Shreya Ajmani that's uh, Sachit's sister (laughs) it's not nepotism though she's actually talented (laughs) 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 but um, so yeah mental illness is something that that can happen uh, to anyone you know it it probably happens to most of us at some point or another I I wouldn't say well necessarily mental illness but you know mental instability happens to us uh, probably to most people uh, at one point in your life you know when you go through a big change or when you lose someone or you know when you move away to a new place lots of things can cause this kind of instability, right, Salome? Yeah, true. Mm. And um, I think there are more people that experience that, more people than you think. And I think in your life you have been confronted with people that didn't feel very well without even recognizing it. Um, Yeah, so I just, uh, I did some research and um, I have one statistic that I want to share with you. It was published by the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation and reported in their flagship Global Burden of Disease study. And they said that the it's a bit old, it's from 2017, but I think it's still very um, uh, trustful. 
uh, they said that one out of 10 people um, suffer from mental health disorder in the whole world. And it's, I think it's a, it's a number that maybe is even too low. We don't know exactly, but um, they uh, said it's very hard to, um, of course, to know all of this because you don't, when someone has a mental health problem, he doesn't always talk openly about it. So mm. these are cases that we know about, but there are a lot more. Yeah, and yeah definitely. Mental health disorder can be everything. It can be depression, anxiety, bipolarity, eating disorders, schizophrenia, and a lot more. And it can be in a very big um way i would say or you can it can also be that you're sad from time to time but it's already a mental disorder so everyone once in their life i think um gets confronted this. with that yeah i think so as well and i think it's really important for people to to come forward and that's why we're here to break some taboos so people feel that they can actually talk about this uh, without any shame. What do you think about this, Katinka? Yeah, definitely. I'm very happy that um, you guys also wanted to talk about this. And uh, Salome, you've been very passionate about you know breaking that taboo, um, which I love because I think there's there is still a taboo to uh, just get help to start with. You know, even asking your mom or your friends for help. That's step exactly. one. You know, help me out with whatever. Um, that's already hard for a lot of people so let alone going to a coach like me or a psychologist like Lotte um, to figure out maybe if there's that's even how we say it, right if there's something wrong with me yeah it's kind of how it's approached and that's so I do not agree with that with that at all there's nothing wrong with anybody in the world period f for me yeah, <laughs> yeah um, totally. but especially if you're struggling uh, with your mental health in whatever way um, even if it's a salome like you said something that is maybe just a period that you're having like a bad period uh, mentally or if there's something that really needs a diagnosis to get some more support for a longer period of time there's nothing wrong with you it's just it's just the way that it is you know if you break your leg you're not gonna not go to a doctor mm -hmm. so if there's something on with your mental health well, you're not why should you yeah you shouldn't yeah. be ashamed yeah. of that or um, me as well i mean i, I um, i'm a coach now and I've studied social work and it's something I talk about online a lot because I have, I've had a lot of depression throughout my life. Like my first depression was when I was, I think, eight. Um, so that was quite early when <laughs> yeah, I got wow. there. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I feel that I can talk about because I also got out of it. And at some point in my life, it took me like 21 years or 22 years. But finally, I went out and looked for support for this. And it helped me a lot and it got me to where I am now. Um, and that's also something that keeps hurting me a little bit. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have gone and looked for that support when I was like 14 or 16, yeah. you know, or maybe not looked for it, but gotten it. Because I think especially if we talk about younger children, um, that's also something we should provide for them more. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, yeah, to sum it up, I'm really yeah. happy that you guys yeah. want to talk about <laughs> this. <laughs> No, I, I'm really glad you're here to, to talk about it with us as well. And uh, Lotte, we still have you from uh, our previous hour. So we yes. actually have a, a licensed psychologist <laughs> in, our, in our studio today. So we're not just talking about, you know, uh, random stuff. <laughs> uh, we, some of us know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So Lotte, what do you have to say about mental health taboos? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I see two sides of it uh, happening. 
Right now, I see um, that uh, exactly people are recognizing it more as uh, something like, uh, um, yeah, something that you deserve to also be treated for. But I also see that some sort of miseducation is also happening where people uh, say that um, uh, they they uh, are heartbroken or something because a boyfriend uh, split up with them, which is obviously a very distressing time. But they, they say like, oh, I feel so depressed today. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Oh, I need my um, my books to be uh, in the I same order, and I I'm yeah. so OCD. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. think we have to also kind of watch out with uh, throwing with these terms. Yeah. Um, for the people that uh, actually have the 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 diagnosis, uh, because uh, something like OCD, obviously, um, mental disorders are just uh, exaggerations of normal behavior. So we all have uh, certain tendencies. We all. Uh, maybe uh, have more affinity with some one disorder than the other. That doesn't mean that we all have a disorder, but that we tend to be maybe a bit more uh, um, disrupted when our um, uh, things are not stacked properly, or you know. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we have OCD, or that yeah. doesn't, or that when someone breaks up with us, we we spiral into a depression. That's also not true. But obviously, we have to recognize um, when is it really disrupting our normal behavior. When can we not? function in society i don't like to say this but yeah. like when are we not uh, capable of functioning in society and do we need help um to to get back on track and uh, yeah, yeah. I, re I recognize this very yeah. much um, <laughs> and thank you lots for mentioning it uh, when i started studying um spe specializing in autism a mm -hmm. lot of my friends asked me like so what what does that mean mm -hmm. you know how do i recognize somebody with autism and if i would explain something about it the answer is always oh but i have that too do you think i have autism now yes. and i'm like no you know why because people with autism are human beings mm -hmm. such when as I you is psychology, as well. yeah. oh my god i had all, all the disorders yeah, every, <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm like that's that's because these people that get these diagnoses are just mm. people and mm. we are all just people mm. and like you say a lot of sometimes just some of that behavior kind of gets out of control and then if you cannot function for yourself anymore or for mm. the people around you that's when it becomes yeah a problem or you know a bigger challenge and we can need some extra support mm. i yeah. think we're gonna go to our next song now um it, this is rose colored boy by paramore and it's about um the let's say the expectations that society has from us yes. on how to see the world you know
Welcome back. This is RTV Maastricht 107.5. We are SRM, Student Radio Maastricht. And we are here talking about mental health. I'm with Salome, Lotte and Katinka. Hello. And Zaki is our tech. He's not accessing the microphone now, but he's there <laughs> doing a very good job, I might add. Um, so, Salome, you are our newest uh, addition to our SRM uh, team. This is your first show. Not to, put, not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but um, so you just came to Maastricht, right? You're, yeah. you're pretty young. How old are you? I'm 19. Yeah. Uh, cute, <laughs> little, our little grasshopper. <laughs> Very nice. So um, you just came. You didn't live in Maastricht before. You just came here for new study, new life, new yeah, everything. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about it. How does it feel? It's weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I live like six hours away by train, so it really feels like I'm far from home and not just like I can go back in the weekends or something. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's what I wanted and I thought also it was going to be quite easy because I had been traveling for a few months before and I was like away from my family for a lot more time, but, um, turns out that it's not that easy. Yeah. You never know before you leave. So um yeah, I've been very I'm I've been here for three weeks and I've been very lonely a lot of times, especially in the evening when you're like when the day's over and you everything's calm, you go to bed and then you really think about your day, you think about home, your family, your friends yeah. and everything you miss and you cannot really think clearly about how great life can also be somewhere else and I mean, I I meet a lot of nice people here. I love it here, and I already like I've been here for three weeks, and I'm already in this student radio and yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing an episode. It's amazing, I and mean, I'm super grateful and super happy. But still, like sometimes you cannot think clearly, and that's exactly also a thing of depression. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm depressed, but that's how um, you can kind of um, recognize that that you don't really think clearly and you don't really think about the good things but you only focus on what makes you sad right now and that's what I have sometimes and I think that's what all the students have that come to Maastricht and that live yeah. lived somewhere else before 
Yeah, and I think it's a similar situation every time, uh, let's say everything, your whole structure gets uh, removed and you have to start a new life um, from scratch. It can be when you move away, it can be when, for example, you graduate also from uh, from yeah. university, I think. Uh, Lotte, you were talking a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. I think it, yeah, this is what we call in psychology big life events. And so these are s events that, um, yeah that increase your stress basically and it can be very happy events like you can get married and this whole the wedding can be very stressful and can be have its side effects as well or uh, like moving away moving abroad uh, starting a study um, all these things that um, yeah that you need to adapt quickly and adapting quickly, quickly yeah quickly yeah. Is, is the thing that's the key um, thing yeah. exactly and it just takes time you have to really give yourself time to also mourn you know like mourn your time that you were with your parents maybe or that you had your other life like take the time to really settle um i think settling is a really nice word for that yeah. like nesting or like make mm -hmm. make this your your new home and uh and yeah that there there will be stress that's uh <laughs> try to like yeah move in uh, uh, and accepting that uh, that that's I mean, part it, of it. We talk yeah. about home. Home is yeah. like the most important thing yeah. in your life. And mm -hmm. yeah. of course it takes time and effort and also being sad and struggling sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why someone uh, once uh, told me uh, you have to find something within yourself that is uh, home basically. So mm -hmm. then you always have this feeling with yourself that's really hard and very abstract uh, thing to say but yeah it is uh, mm -hmm. I, it was funny because i i um, i was talking on a podcast about this a few weeks ago and that was exactly the conclusion that i realized actually in that podcast that is why i feel home everywhere now because home is in me yeah. but i'm 28 years old yeah almost 29 <laughs> yeah. so salome it's not weird at all no exactly we can yeah. nobody can expect that that this happens in three yeah. weeks you know mm. and nobody is also like tearing you away from your old life necessarily so just take it at your own pace i would say i'm not i'm no psychologist <laughs> but it's a good it's a good insight i'm gonna yeah, give you yeah. that as a coach i agree <laughs> <laughs> nice but yeah i don't know i think probably uh, yeah all the factors you know with like the young age and the distance from the family uh also maybe stupid covid <laughs> yeah covid, oh, COVID is yeah. definitely not not helping out because mm. uh, to socialize it's it's really hard you know you're not gonna necessarily do sleepovers immediately, although you're sleeping over at my place tonight. <laughs> but, <that's details. laughs> but anyway, you know, maybe not everyone is uh, is doing this, you know. So it's really it's really difficult when when you're in this new situation. So uh, we're gonna go to a song, uh, and afterwards we're gonna basically talk about a little bit the consequences of uh, all these feelings of instability. Um, the song we're gonna listen to is uh, "Hunger" by. Florence and the Machine. I don't know if you pronounce it Florence plus the Machine yes. and the I Machine. I don't know, whatever, but that <laughs> band, everybody knows yeah. the band.
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. This is uh, RTV Maastricht 107.5. Um, I made a little mistake about the song earlier. I said it was Hunger, but actually it was Shake It Out. But it was still Florence and the Machine. Um, yeah, that was just one of the many songs that I had to look through uh, for today that uh, I had to choose. Oh, is it going to be too sad for our <laughs> show? But... I mean, we are talking about mental health and uh, mental illnesses. So, I mean, we wanted to keep it uh, relevant, but we want to also keep it happy, let's say, <laughs> as much as we can. But yeah, this week is a little bit of a more uh, real topic, let's say. So I'm here with uh, Salome and uh, Lotte hey, and hello. Katinka and Zaki, but... Uh, some stuff is happening in the studio, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Zaki's um, on tech right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yay, Zaki. Um, anyway, um, we were talking about uh, how difficult it is to start a new life, move to a new place, um, not have your support system uh, close by, and uh, what kind of things this can lead to, you know? Um, you can obviously experience fe feelings of anxiety and depression. Obviously, it's different, as we were saying earlier, from actually having these disorders, but the feelings are those. And I think these are feelings that are very common. I I have my fair share of anxieties, I have to say. And yeah, I mean, I also had my, my sad periods and things like this. So what I wanted to, to do with the show is really show people that it's normal to talk about your feelings it's not uh, a bad thing and that you know it's normal and it happens to to everyone else so yeah let's debunk some some mental health taboos what do you think what do you think about therapy being cool <laughs> Salome I think <laughs> I think it's really cool I think it's um it's super important because uh, I think uh, that the psychological health is as important as the philosophical health. Yeah. I don't know if you say it like that, but I mean, if you don't feel very well, it can also show in your body. You can get sick, you can, um, you feel less strong. So it's super important to take care of your health, mental health, and um, to do something too that makes you happy. And if therapy is that, then you definitely need to do it. And I think people can also go to therapy even if they're not in the very sad hole, just to try it out and to look, okay, is that something for me? And um, yeah, either it reveals something that you always wanted to talk about, or you know, okay, next time I don't feel very well, I can go there. Yeah, uh, Zaki, in the, during the song we were saying, uh, you were saying actually that uh, you think uh, people should go to uh, to the psychologist once a year, like a, a checkup to the doctor. Yeah, I mean, I really do think that mental health is just as important as physical health, if not more important, honestly. And I think, you know, the same way, you, the same way we are told to go to the doctor every year, get a checkup, you know, make sure that your body is healthy. I think the same should, the same thing should be done for mental health because you never know if you have like some kind of underlying condition, underlying traumas that can come to the back to the surface. These are things that really do affect your life. Yeah, mm. and the and also the people around you. I think exactly at some point. Um, but yeah, it's really sad that sometimes uh, therapy is seen as uh, this sort of uh, yeah stigma, stigma kind of uh, thing. I don't know. What do you think, Katinka? Oh, I think. <coughs> oh, sorry. <coughs> 
I think there's a lot of uh, difference, different forms in finding support as well. Like um, Salome, you say, or you guys say therapy school. Don't forget that a therapist is already like a pretty high level of support. There's a, a psychologist is somebody you can go to. Uh, even at the doctors, you can get like, I don't know, seven or 10. I'm looking at you a lot. I think seven mm. or 10 conversations with somebody like some kind of low yeah. level psychologist. I think, yeah, the first, uh, I think, in the Dutch system, it is first, if you have a complaint, mm -hmm. always go to your GP. Uh, they know uh, how to refer you to the proper healthcare. Mm -hmm. I think as a student, it's nice because you have student psychologists as well. So if you're a bit unsure about entering the healthcare system of the Dutch healthcare system, they can help you also yeah. in your preferred language, I think, uh, yeah. or in English. Uh, so yeah, it, it, don't step uh, to the psychiatrist uh, yeah, right immediately yeah. because uh, yeah, and it's, there's different yeah, things, right? Yeah. If there's it has to be a, a diagnosis of mm. ADHD or autism or depression or anxiety, then you you will get there. Um, but don't hesitate to find some support before you are at that point. Because yeah. Salome, like you said in the in the last section. Um, when I'm alone at night, that last hour before I go to sleep, that's where, where I don't see the happy things happen anymore because you start to feel lonely and everything's overwhelming. And um, But you know that you're not in a depression right now, right? But those feelings, that is something that you can definitely get support with. And then the questions, and that's different for everybody, like would a psychologist help or is it maybe good to go to a coach like me to make sure how do I manage that uh, and get more of the happy parts again? Uh, or if you just are struggling with achieving your goals or whatever you're struggling with, there are so many different forms of support because um, therapy is very loaded, like the word even. Yeah. And people have this picture of, you know, somebody's gonna be there squeezing in my soul and you know, <laughs> I have to talk about all the traumatizing things in my life. Um, and I mean, sometimes that's what you need to do, but I would say 99% of the times that's not what therapy or a psychologist or a coach is coaching is like at all yeah exactly um, yeah, i think the first step is actually uh, talking about it with your support system preferably someone uh, that cares about you like your parents or yeah. um, if you if your parents are not the right person then someone uh, with with an authority somewhere else in yeah. your university or and they can share uh, also their knowledge i think it, maybe it's also good to explain the difference between a coach and a psychologist a bit more um, I don't know, can you describe yeah, I can that? Do that yeah. What is a coach? What, does they, what do um, they do? So the difference is, well, this is the way that I always explain it, which is very much from coaching side, right? Because mm, I'm yeah. not a psychologist. Um, but with a psychologist, you look more into um, what do I need to figure out for myself? A lot of it is, you know, things that might have happened in the past or things that you've been struggling with the long term. Um, as a coach, what I do is we look more towards the future. So where do you want to be and how will you get there? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, things that happened in the past might come up and you might have to work on that. And then usually if, if those things are big things, I would always say to somebody, go talk to a psychologist about this, yeah. which can go hand in hand with coaching very well. Yep. Uh, but so. coaching is really about where do you want to go and how do I get there? Yeah, I think uh, psychologists are more analytical. We do research. We, uh, yeah, we diagnose. Um, yeah. So uh, don't, we don't, coaches don't do that. Yeah. And, no and diagnosis, uh, no medication. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, we do treatment and more so in the form of uh, um, um, like um, 
psychoanalyzing or uh, yeah you dive deep into what is the root of the problem and then i think a coach uh, comes in uh, when whenever you need practical skills uh, when uh, it's more um, goal oriented i think yeah. future um, goal oriented oriented uh, and this this can be very helpful with uh, more um, activation or more yeah Exactly. setting certain uh, goals for yourself and, yeah. uh, and it's especially in in that beginning you know when you start having these you know, moments of anxiety moments of feelings of depression i think that that is a phase especially in starting a student life which you know is is that life event as you said lotte then mm -hmm. a coach can be very helpful if you've had this for years and years already and it's like days of having these feelings then you're probably at a point that a psychologist would be very helpful to look into that um yeah and then the note that i want to give with that if you want to go to a coach make sure that you have a good one because there are coaches like me with diplomas but there are also a lot that don't have that Mm. Um, which is a weird thing in the law that we're still working on in the scene. Go to Katinka! Go to I have a diploma, studied a lot. Um, yeah, I, Helena, I think it's time for a song. Yeah, so uh, yeah we're going to listen to Rehab by Amy Winehouse. Oh, lovely. Uh, yes. Classic. <laughs> I guess this uh, always fits.
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. That was uh, Rehab by Amy Winehouse. I think by now everybody knows this uh, iconic lady. But um, we are here in the Student Radio Maastricht studio, aka the RTV Maastricht studio, uh, 107.5 FM. I'm here with Salome, hey. uh, Lotte, Hi. Katinka and Zaki. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Nice. And we are talking about mental health, uh, mental illness, and we are trying to, you know, open the discourse on uh, on mental health and, you know, make it more normal for everybody. Because in some in some places uh, or in some uh, families, for example, or in some cultures, it can happen that mental illness is uh, very looked down upon. Uh, it's it's really a stigma so sometimes people struggle to even reach out even to their own family members or even to you know their friends so we just need to normalize it more and more that's what i think so let's keep on talking about it (laughs) (laughs) so earlier we were talking about the difference uh, between uh, student uh, well not student life coaching (laughs) as you see you are specifically student life but in my head student life is all life now but i (laughs) I already forgot that there's a world outside ever yeah (laughs) and uh, we have an actual actual sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's not not what i meant (laughs) that's also big taboo in the mental health yeah actually (laughs) that's not what i meant it, that's what we were indeed discussing. That it's really hard to to uh, explain what what uh, the differences between uh, a coach and a psychologist are, and like when you should go to a coach and when you should go to a psychologist. And uh, we were also talking about some difficulties in licensing for coaches. Yeah. What about that? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the thing in the Netherlands is that coaching is not. Um, I don't really know how to properly translate it. Uh, I'm gonna look at you a lot. Of yeah, it's not a title, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not a title. Is that the way to say it? So it's so you're not covered by um, insurance, right? You're not covered by yeah. insurance. Um, not for m- like some insurances will give you like two hours of coaching or whatever, but um, you're not you're you're not acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. It's not an acknowledged title, which means that um, if I decide that I'm a coach and I stick a sticker on my door, I'm a coach. Yeah, uh, and that is dangerous because I think that's also part of the problem why coaching hasn't been taken seriously Uh, you know when I go to the university they don't take me seriously like the university psychologists or the people higher up that decide what uh, they provide for the students or not they don't take it seriously at all because you're just a coach Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I just told you guys like I did study for this which cost as much as a bachelor's degree and and my diploma is internationally accredited which is not something that you just get yeah Um, but there are a lot of coaches out there that don't have anything you know that did uh, because I see the ads coming on Instagram 39 euros become a life coach and it pisses me off because I'm like no nobody's gonna be a coach for 39 euros because as a company you will not be able to teach Mm. somebody how to do this properly Um, so yeah if you go out there looking for a coach be sure to do a little bit of research or just ask them like where did you study what type of diploma do you have Um, because obviously we can do a lot we can support people a lot with our personal experiences Um, but for you as a student somebody looking for a coach I think there's definitely more that you expect than just somebody telling you their story and help giving you some tips yeah. on life right mm. but i do love what you do because like um 
I think it's really important sometimes to also reach out outside of the university because you were talking early, earlier about uh, well about how the the, psych the psychologist at the university uh, looks at you. That's not exactly what I'm thinking about. But when you mentioned the the university psychologist, that uh, reminded me of a situation that I found myself in a few years back, in which I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to speak with the student psychologist and uh, they didn't reply to me for many months. Yeah. And I felt very lost and I was young and I was in that new life, big event situation. And uh, yeah, reaching out to the university didn't really help, but just because they're, I can only imagine that they must be overwhelmed, you know? So I think it's also nice if you find, uh, yeah, outside help, like, oh. Katinka. That there are alternatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that there yeah. are alternatives, and it's always it's not necessarily again, uh, you know, going into uh, to the psychiatrist directly, you know, and that you can get help. Yeah, I don't, I don't get why the university doesn't just have a folder like if you because they have a waiting list, which is fair enough because there is a lot of support needed. There's crazy yeah. amount of students, uh, so it's not weird that there's a three three to six month waiting list for the school psychologist. Yeah. So why not? I think that is very weird. It's a very yeah, well, large. Yeah, Number, you should hi yeah. just hire more. It's, but okay, yeah. Way too, it is what it is. Long, yeah. It is what is it is. There. Yeah, and then why do you not have a page on your website or just yeah. a folder there with this? These are the coaches around. These are the uh, international psychologists around. Because I know three of them within five five minute walk of the university and the university. And I'm talking about university as a system, right? Not the people that actually work yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but the university as as a as a business, they don't want to do it. They want their students to be at their psychologist. And I mean, if you're suicidal, you shouldn't have to wait three months. Mm -hmm. If no. there's yeah. a psychologist that has enough time in the week to take you on tomorrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's just mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Master University. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm going to yeah. keep talking about this until you have that flyer there yeah, with all it, the help I around Master. I think it's Maastricht. important because really, like, they cannot know how wh how much the person needs uh, the session at that moment, you mm. know? Like that's another taboo that I wanted to break is you cannot tell when you look at a person how they are feeling inside, you know? So yeah, I think that's really important. They cannot d decide like based on just your email asking for an appointment, mm. oh, okay, this person is at suicide risk or oh, he's mm. fine, you know? So yeah. Lotte, how, how would you deal with that? How do you... Would oh yeah, that's a, that's a constant struggle because we have 55 minutes for the first intake and then we have to already uh, put a label on someone, basically. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Um, Obviously, this is the first, sometimes the first time someone is in contact with a psychologist, uh, um, with a clinician. Uh, so they they might be nervous. They might have some taboos mm -hmm. to uh, get over. Uh, how are they supposed to cramp in their whole story in this short time? Uh, how are, can we make a good judgment on based on this? But uh, yeah, we can only uh, have a second session and then we have to decide. Yeah. Also, we're, uh, 55 minutes. And uh, this is something yeah, I struggle with. The system is uh, also kind of flawed in this sense. Obviously, I'm trained so I can recognize things, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, the information that I get from the patients is all I have. Uh, so if that's didn't happen during the intake, then you might make a poor judgment and uh, give someone a wrong diagnosis. It happens. Yeah, yeah. It must be really hard. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to have to go to another song, although there's so much to say about this. Um, we are going to listen to 24-7 by Keilani. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5. I'm Salo, aka Salome, with me Helena, hey. Katinka, Hello. Lotte, hey. and Sajid on the tech. <laughs> um, so for the past two hours we've been talking about mental health and mental disorders. We wanted to break some taboos and Yeah, what did you guys think about the session, Helena? I think it was, we had a great conversation. I just wanted to round up a little bit like what one can do when uh, feeling so unstable. Just be open about your feelings, try to reach out uh, to the people around you. And if you still don't find support there, keep on looking, look for a community, look for help outside the university, look for a coach look eventually for a therapist psychiatrist and you know just keep on trying to be better and you know stay positive reach out that's that's i guess the most important thing don't you think lotte 
Yeah, reaching out, of course. Um, also, when you need help uh, doing all these things, you know, like yeah. uh, um, have someone advise you. I think it's the most important thing. Uh, yeah. um, so I think, yes, as a student, I think it's good to start at the university. If if that's not good, then uh, GP for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, nice. So then again, no problem you know we're really open even you can even write to student radio master yeah, you don't I was even know say, yeah. because helena said like look for this look for that <laughs> it got me super confused because i'm not from master and i have no idea where to look for it so yeah if you need some help people have helping you look for this type of stuff you yeah. can always write us on instagram or whatever and we yeah. can like tell you where you can go and ask you don't have to tell us our, our, your problems of course but we can help find someone for you gets the dutch uh, health insurance but that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, you have to get it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah yeah um i would like to add that if anyone is ever having a crisis or anything um the suicide hotline in the Netherlands is 113 or 113. Um, and also, if you're really having a crisis and you're near a hospital, you can just go to the ER. I've done it myself. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. It's an, and, it's, and you can you get the help that you need there. That's very good to know. Yeah, 113. 113. Good to know it from someone that knows that it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to have to wrap it up, even though there's still so much to say, but... That's it for today. Unfortunately, we have limited time on the show. Um, Two hours and we're still short. Yeah, we, just, week. <laughs> we just choose such inter interesting topics. It's not our fault. <laughs> um, I just wanted to uh, do a little uh, cultural agenda of uh, my own. Uh, well, it's not of my own, but like my version. Um, so on Monday, oh no, I don't know what day. Oh no, 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 not Monday. Tomorrow, <laughs> on the the tenth of uh, of September at uh, seven p.m., there's gonna be online uh, from Amnesty uh, Maastricht students a lecture about what's happening in Belarus. So mm. if you're confused and interested, uh, check it out. There's also tomorrow online uh, at six thirty. There's the feminists of Maastricht meet and greet. And then uh, next Sunday on the 20th, uh, there's a Black Lives Matter protest on the Vreithof. So get involved. Yes. And uh, now we're going to listen to So Incredible by Ilse hey, Delange. Wait. Study buddies. Oh, yeah. Well, study, <laughs> but it was just because we mentioned it earlier in the other hour. But oh, yeah. on Mondays, there's always study buddies with Katinka. So there you can also find some support yes. uh, for whatever uh, new student crises you might be having right now, Katinka's there. You want to cry about your boyfriend, just go. Come cry to me, but also <laughs> meet other students. <laughs> because, just, yeah, it's yeah. something that we talked about as well, uh, that Lotta said, you know, also talk to your peers. And I get that that's very difficult for um, students here, that if you just arrived, um, if you don't know people yet, you have to find them first. You know, you kind of ripped out of your safe environment. <laughs> so that can be a bit of a challenge, but know that there's places to, to reach out, you know, reach out to Student Radio Maastricht or come to the study buddies. Helena's going to be there as well Monday. Yes. Salome will probably be there You'll as well Monday. You'll see my hopefully um, happy face. Yeah, and this is also the place where we have it. The Master Service and Care, that's also a place where you can find support and you don't, Salome, like you said, you don't have to tell your whole story, but just if you say like, you know, I'm struggling a bit with stress, they will know where to go. Uh, and these are also people that are from Maastricht, so they know where the GPs actually are or how this 
crazy stupid system, you know, of healthcare actually works because there is a lot of support out there, but it can be so difficult to, yeah, to find it to yeah. actually get there. Um, so yeah, that will be my tip. Yeah, we have about a minute and a half to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I well, I wanted to um, just uh, reiterate one more time. Yeah, that you can yeah. reach out to us, and that uh, well, I'm the person that's gonna be behind the Instagram. Uh, but you can and also. And she's really nice. Yeah, uh, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. I don't, don't, I don't know. I can't say that. But uh, yeah. also, if you don't have anything to do on Sunday evening and you feel like you want to uh, maybe get involved with student radio, we need people for events. We need volunteers. We need uh, music enthusiasts. Uh, technology enthusiasts we need art enthusiasts we need all kind of enthusiasts to join student radio so if you want to just send us a message if you want to come to our meeting on Sunday and yeah I think we're gonna now thank RTV Maastricht for having us uh, here in the studio like always and thank you guys and girls everyone for coming mm -hmm. here thank you Salome for uh Taking initiative for the show. Yeah, happy happy first show, Salome. It was really nice. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. <laughs> so the last song is going to be for you, Salome. It's uh, a Dutch song, but it is in English from Ilse de Lange. It's so incredible. <laughs> 